0: Hello and welcome to the Just Culture Podcast with me, Mary Jane. I'm a registered nurse and the owner of MJD Legal Nurse Consulting. In the medical community, Just Culture refers to this idea that when errors occur, they should be examined closely and without judgment. To be honest, most errors, especially the larger ones, do not happen in a vacuum. So if we truly take a deep look at all the events leading up to an error and the factors at play we can usually spot the weak link in the processes and hopefully prevent future errors from occurring. That's exactly what we'll be doing here in this podcast. Over the course of my career, I've reviewed hundreds of medical related cases as a resource for attorneys across the country. I aim to use that experience as well as my experience as a practicing registered nurse to analyze medical related cases, explore what went wrong, and perhaps learn what we can do in the future to save lives. Hello and welcome to the Just Culture podcast with me, Mary Jane Duquette. So I was preparing a case to present to you all on this podcast for this week and then it really dawned on me that I wanted you to have some information ahead of time. And what we're going to talk about today is called the Swiss cheese model. So in nursing school, and I can't speak to how doctors are trained or any other healthcare professional, but I know specifically in nursing school, we're taught about patient safety. And in that conversation, we're we're taught a lot about the Swiss cheese model. So first and foremost, let's think about Swiss cheese. Uh, when we're talking about how the Swiss cheese model applies to healthcare and patient safety, Swiss cheese is cheese, a block of cheese, and it has holes in it. The holes are random; they're not, you know, put in evenly in certain positions. You might have at one point in the cheese holes at with certain areas, and they don't normally connect with one each other, with each, with one another. But that is kind of how we look at things going on in healthcare because there are always a lot of moving parts. And as long as those parts are separate from each other, then there's no issues. Um, I'll link a great article that explains all of this and has some diagrams for you all to look at. It will be super helpful to kind of see how things go. Um, But in healthcare, when we're looking at these holes in the Swiss cheese, the holes represent an issue that could be fixed. So there could be some sort of barrier um, to keep a patient from getting injured or from being harmed. And that Swiss cheese hole means that there was a hole in that barrier. Now you could have a hole in any level of the Swiss cheese, but the ones that actually cause harm and is when all of those Swiss cheese, all of those holes line up. And you can get the sort of straight line from the beginning of the Swiss cheese all through the hole straight to the patient. That is when um, the patient's safety is compromised. That's when errors happen in medication, safety, um, diagnoses, um, disease. Disease can even be one of them. Um, I really want to kind of take you through a couple examples of how this applies and maybe you could use that. If you're a nurse here, you're probably just bored. Fast forward, just hit this one as played because I know you've heard all of this before. But if you're not, stick with me because you're going to learn. This is essentially what we've been talking about when we say that there are issues with healthcare that need to be addressed to keep everybody safe and to make healthcare safer, to build better systems, to prevent patient harm, Build better systems to support nurses and healthcare workers so that we can do better. And this Swiss cheese model really does a great job in explaining why building better systems and taking care of kind of all of these moving parts and really looking at them to see what happened, how how did we get all the line? How did all of these Swiss cheese holes line up and how can we prevent that from ever happening again? Where were the holes? Where are the holes? What are the holes that we can fix? That is really the question that I'm interested in answering in this podcast. So I don't even know. I feel like this should have been podcast one, but here we are. What do we like, 11, 12? Okay. So let's take our first example of how the Swiss cheese model applies to healthcare. We're going to use medication errors. So, what we're taught in healthcare as nurses is the very first day they look at us and say, you are the last defense before the patient, before there's harm to the patient. So essentially, as a nurse, we're administering the medication. So therefore, we're the last stop on the train, so to speak. Uh, We are the last hole in the Swiss cheese. And therefore, it's our job to be the one to look back to make sure that the holes have been you know, aren't lining up to make, to to be that last double check to say, you know, is this to question, is this safe? Am I doing the right thing? With that said, a nurse, you know, we're not doctors, so we can't prescribe. Did the doctor prescribe the best medication? Is the dosing correct? We don't know. What we can do as nurses is we can go back and ask the doctor and say, are you sure you meant this? Is this, tell me why you picked this drug and this dose, And then depending on what kind of answer we get, the next thing we could do is talk to the pharmacist. If you're working in a hospital, you probably have a pharmacist that's available to talk to you. If not, you could call a local Walgreens or, you know, whatever your local pharmacy is and ask them about the dose. Be like, I feel like this is a strange dose. I've never given it before. What are your thoughts? Is this appropriate? You know, what are the right questions I should ask? Honestly, I usually would start with pharmacy because sometimes they're like, yeah, that's, you know, in this one disease, you have to give a higher dose in order to, to treat whatever. And then I don't have to go back and bother the doctor. But if the pharmacist is confused and I'm confused, I'm going to the doctor until they can make all three of us un- not confused before I give it. But um, that was a bit of a tangent. But so nurses are taught to be the last resort to, for patient safety for that reason. So we can question things, which makes us the perfect ones to look back and say, you know, these are the different holes that could have been addressed and because we're trained to look for them. So when a, when a patient needs a medication, let's use the example. So Grandma Susie comes into the hospital with a UTI. She needs an antibiotic. So the first thing that happens is the doctor is going to see the patient and decide the patient needs an antibiotic and the doctor is going to prescribe an antibiotic. That's the first thing that gets put into, nowadays it gets put into the computer system. If you're in a hospital setting, um, or actually anywhere at all, the next step that would happen is the pharmacy is gonna review that order and they're going to verify the drug and the dosing with the patient and look for any issues like allergies and, dosing concerns? Um, does everything line up? Does everything look okay? Could the doctor, you know, this is a great time for the pharmacist to say, hey, did you mean 0. 0.25 milligrams or did you mean 2.5 milligrams? I don't understand here what your, you know, where your decimal point's supposed to be. That's That's where you're supposed to ask the questions which is why we're supposed to put a zero before every decimal point. If it's like 0.25, it's supposed to be 0.25, so there's no ambiguity. But it happens occasionally. So this would be when the pharmacist would turn back and ask the doctor to clarify the order. If everything looks okay, then the pharmacist will clear it and fulfill the order. Now, in a hospital, that means that they might release it into a machine called a Pixis or in an outpatient setting, they'll release it and they'll fill the medication and, you know, put the pills in the pill bottle and then they'll send it to the patient. In this, we're going to stick with the setting of a hospital because this is where there's more holes. But at that point, the pharmacist, if you're an outpatient, you would pick up your drug and you would take it as the patient. But we're in the hospital. So doctor prescribed the medication, the pharmacist has reviewed it and verified it. The pharmacist has now released it, and we're gonna go pick up the drug in the Pixis. Now, antibiotics, there could be two different things going on here. We're gonna, we're in the hospital, so they need heavy-duty antibiotics most of the time, which is why they're staying in the hospital. So this is gonna be an IV medication. So I go to, as a nurse, I go to the Pixis and I look under the patient profile and I find the drug I want. Say it's like a Zosin, and so I'll pull this drug called Zosin and in it. When I pull, when I click on the zosin and the drawer opens, there'll be two drawers for this one, in fact. But the drawer will open, and then I'll pull the vial, which is powder, and then I'll pull um, either from the Pixis in a designated drawer, which is the safest way to do it, or you could get your saline. Um, you'll have a saline bag that you'll have to pull from the stock, or you know where have you? Um, safest bet would be we're gonna go the safest because we're all of our holes in this situation are are great. Um, we don't, you know, our Swiss cheese is that defect. It's got no holes in it, right? So I grab my vial, I open I open a second drawer that the machine, you know, opens for me, and I pull my next my pull my bag of saline, I look at them both, I verify that they're what they're supposed to be, and I didn't, you know, I mean the machine could pull open up, you know, the wrong drawer or something. So I check, make sure everything looks good. And now as the nurse, I have to go and mix the medication. So I mix the medication. And then after that's mixed, I take it to the patient and I will administer this medication. Okay. So here are, here's where the Swiss cheese, where there could be some holes. So one, the first hole could be with the doctor. So did the doctor prescribe the correct medication? I, I've worked in a teaching hospital and you know, that is a real concern if you have you know, your first year resident and they're trying to put in something in the computer, a new system they're learning, new drugs that they're learning, you know, they're just really learning. So they could have easily put in the wrong dose, right? So they, there's two, especially for Zosin, there's a, there's an order for right away if it's a, the first dose and if it's a sepsis patient and then there's a second order for subsequent. So they could have easily mixed that up because when they typed in Zosin, two, two options would have, been available for them, and so they could have easily picked the wrong one. That could be your first hole. Another thing, they could have picked the wrong drug, right? So there could be, you know, for especially bacterial infections, certain ones, there's certain first line drugs to go for, or if you have, we have something called susceptibility where they'll take like the, they'll do a urine culture and they'll test it to see which antibiotics will actually kill that. Um, bacteria. And of course, that's the antibiotic you want your patient to take. So it, it could be something, you know, they could be prescribed the wrong drug, but that's where the first hole could be. So what are some things that we do? So the first thing that we do is to prevent, you know, that hole from remaining because we want to plug up all these holes. We don't want any holes in our Swiss cheese. We want that perfect square block. So we're going to have make sure that the physicians, educated, well Right, if they're a brand new resident, well, let's get them education. Let's get them in classes. Let's do different things to make sure. Let's give them proper supervision until they know. Let's make it safe for that new resident to then turn around and ask their attending if they're unsure about something, or make it a safe culture where they could call the pharmacist to say, "Oh, I, this is my first time prescribing Zocin. I know it's Zocin that I need, but there's two different ones in here. This is the situation. Which is which is the best one?" It should be safe for people who have questions in healthcare, it should be safe to ask questions. However, that's not always the case in every scenario. So that's one thing we need to create a culture, a supportive culture, that physicians and new residents can thrive on. Even a new physician, even they're in attending, they um, it's a new computer system. You could easily click the wrong thing because you're just in there trying to navigate this complex system with lots of things to click on. and. It's not always intuitive because it's not built by healthcare professionals. They're built by IT professionals. So to an IT person, it's perfectly intuitive, makes all the sense in the world. But to a doctor, a nurse, a newer user on the healthcare side, it's gibberish that we have to then a new language essentially that we have to learn. So at the doctor end that there could be those are a few examples of where a hole could be created in our Swiss cheese. The second stop along the path to the patient is at the pharmacy level so the pharmacist if there let's say there was an error so we have our swiss cheese hole the doctor prescribed the wrong medication maybe the patient had an allergy to this medication or something we'll say that so the patient had an allergy doctor prescribed it anyway the doctor missed that that you know they were just busy they might have been you know in a code or have a lot of phone calls and they just forgot to look at the allergies um on the on the allergy list and so they prescribed a antibiotic they prescribed zosin this patient's allergic to zosin it goes on to the pharmacy now i want to say in drugs and in an electronic medical record there really is no reason why if the doctor did miss and didn't look at the allergy list there's really no reason why there couldn't have been something to pop up to alert the physician to say whoa wait back up you know like a hard stop so they can't move forward their screen is locked and there's this pop-up and it says you are prescribing an antibiotic that this patient is allergic to please review and then maybe they would have to then um, you know i've seen these where i work is they pop up and it's like you know we're not recommending this and then you have to actually say why you're going ahead and prescribing the medication anyway because sometimes patients will have things on there on their, um, allergy list that just aren't true allergies, or maybe something's there. Maybe they're allergic to codeine as a child, but they're not anymore. And they can tolerate, you know, oxycodone or, or, or they're allergic to one drug. And there's a class of antibiotics that are kind of close to that, but not quite. And, but the patient can tolerate that. Um, but that's up to the physician at the time of prescribing to decide. And this pop-up is a great way to prevent the hole in the Swiss cheese but we're going to say that this hospital didn't have a pop-up. So the doctor prescribed Zosin. patient's allergic to Zosin. There was no pop-up, nothing alerted the physician to it. Physician forgot to look. It's gone on to the pharmacy. So now we have another set of eyes on this order and the pharmacist is supposed to be verifying all of the, the right drug, the right medication, the right drug, the right patient, the right route, the right dose. They're supposed to be looking at all of these things and verifying you know with the allergies and asking questions so the in a perfect world the pharmacist would see Zosin the order you know looks good but the patient's allergic to it so then the pharmacist should call the doctor and say hey are you sure you want to do this because this patient has an allergic has had an allergic reaction to this drug in the past and i i'm you know is it safe to give it now and then that would be a way to plug up the hole so there was a whole beginning but we've stopped it we've prevented harm to the patient And the physician will pick a different drug but in this situation we're going to say that the pharmacist also forgot to look at the allergy um, list and they're all because this hospital has no pop-up to show that they're you know double check hard stop say hey well wait are you sure you want to authorize this drug and fulfill it even though the patient has an allergy there's nothing stopping them. They forgot to look. So the pharmacist goes ahead and releases the drug to the patient's profile that's in the Pixis, or if that floor didn't use that drug a lot or if it was a strange dosage, the physician or uh, the pharmacy tech would then grab the drug and fill the Pyxis and it would be available for the nurse to, to grab. So then the next so now we have two, two holes in the Swiss cheese that are perfectly aligned, right? Because it's, they've gone through the line. So the physician ordered an antibiotic that the patient's allergic to, and then the pharmacist reviewed it but forgot to check the allergies, so they authorized it. So now this drug, it's gone through two holes of the Swiss cheese, and it's sitting in the Pixis, which is our medication dispensing machine. You might have something different at a different hospital, but it's all kind of the same premise. And on the Pixis, the nurse will approach to give, it's time to give the medication. So, the nurse has a bunch of different places that she could compare allergies. Um, it's in the computer at the nurse's station, the patient room, um, wherever she's looking on a computer to realize, oh, the doctor ordered a new medication. And so, then the nurse will go. She, ha- she has access to the order and the allergies, but we missed it. Another Swiss cheese hole. So, she's gone into the Pixis. She goes into the patient profile. So you're on a computer screen and you're clicking on the patient's name and then all of the prescribed medicines will show up in the list form. And then you can pick. So she, well, it's time for Zosyn. So the nurse will pick Zosyn and then the machine will open up the, um, the drawers will start opening up for the nurse to start grabbing the medication like I told you. Well, here's another opportunity. Well, what if we could have the patient's allergies attached to their profiles in the Pixis? Since it's a computer, we know IT can work miracles. Well, this technology can be created and there can be, I actually have never seen this, but a really smart IT guy would create something where you could have a pop-up even at that moment that says, hey, this is a, patient, this is a medication the patient's allergic to. Do you, are you sure you want to pull it? And then the nurse would have to say yes, like, you know, would have to go on. but. In our scenario that doesn't happen another hole in the swiss cheese that's lined up nurse pulls the zosin and pulls the bag she mixes it up she goes down to the patient's room now the nurse is going through and she has to in a lot of hospitals you have to verify that you have the right patient so sometimes that can be done it depends on the facility if you're at like a nursing home you're going to be relying on either a wristband or honestly, I've seen a lot of nursing homes just rely on memory, which was uh, really tricky as I've filled in a couple times at nursing homes. And I bring students to a nursing home and sometimes they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, grandma Susie lives, you know, down that way in room, whatever. But you go to the room and nobody's there. And then you have to go look for grandma Susie. Well, she's in like the common room with 15 other potential grandma Susie. So I have not ever laid eyes on her before. And so I would have to grab someone else to identify her because like, I don't, anybody could be grandma Susie at this point. Um, which is a different issue altogether. Another, you know, giant hole in the Swiss cheese, right? But in this scenario, she's going to go into the patient's room and she's going to walk into the patient um, and she has a a scanner, which is standard practice, best practice for hospitals is to use scanning technology. So to verify the right patient, she'll scan the patient's ID badge, and it will have like a, you know, a little, a little scanning code, looks kind of like a QR code, maybe, or a barcode. And you scan that and then you scan your drug. Well, here's a great opportunity for another hard stop to come up, right? To say, Hey, listen, this is like the last moment here. Are you really sure the patient needs to take this medicine because they are allergic to it? And then the nurse would have to click like, yes, I'll monitor or give some sort of reason why she's bypassing this heart stop. And because the physician said so usually is not one of those um, options. If I have had a physician say, oh, well, it's because their reaction was um a headache or something that really wasn't dangerous and has never happened again and the doctor is aware of it and the pharmacist is aware of it you can hit like other and you'll put in a detailed note like you've asked the physician and this is what their response was and everybody along the line should have been putting those in but in this scenario there's no pop-up so or the nurse and physician and pharmacist have just bypassed it all and the patient it's been documented now in the in the mar the med- the um, medication administration record in the computer system in the electronic chart and there's really nothing at all at this moment this is the this is like the last moment and the nurse doesn't look at the allergies she misses that gives the patient the medication patient has an allergic reaction now all along the way all of those scenarios had to line up perfectly so that they were in lined up in such a way that the whole entire thing um, got to the patient, right? The missed allergy was missed on several different occasions. There were so many opportunities to stop this medication from reaching the patient. and it can't all be put on that nurse because that nurse is also giving medications to three, four, five, seven, eight, 36, who knows how many other patients, right? it was everybody's job from the moment that the idea of an antibiotic was created to it get being given to the patient. A lot of weight is given on the nurse because the nurse is the last defense, but it shouldn't all be the nurse. So we need to look at what happened. So, you know, doing a root cause analysis, you would look at everything, right? So you would go to the beginning and say, you know, what happened? Were the pop-ups coming up? That's the one thing you could look at. So were the pop-ups coming up? If the pop-ups weren't coming up, then that's an easy fix. Let's have the pop-ups come up at every single stop. And then everybody, there's all that time for people to be like, Oh, what I got, you know, this is this is an this is a allergy. It could have been stopped at the doctor end, right? So the doctor could have had that pop-up come up because he forgot to look at the allergy list and he's like, Oh all right you'll pick a different drug the patient's not allergic to there's no pop-up it's safe um any you know anyone else could have could have looked at it and and stopped it but they they didn't and you'll see in some scenarios the pyxis is only as good as it's programmed to be so the pyxis if it's not working properly and it's not sometimes sometimes if you have drugs and the pharmacy's busy and they can't get up to fill things or, you know, update, it doesn't go through the update or something, and there's hardware issues, then you have to pull drugs not attached to patients. And you have, it's called override. And so, well, you can attach a patient or not, but either way, you're not pulling from their verified pharmacy med profile. You're pulling them just from stock in the Pixis, And when you do that, you're There's no guarantee that it's been reviewed. You you know, are you pulling the right drug? Are you not? There's so many things that could go wrong in that scenario as well. So making sure that all the technology's working, everything's talking to each other, make sure that the the pop-ups are coming up. And then if people were bypassing the pop-ups without doing anything, then we need to educate the staff, the doctors, the pharmacists, the nurse, clearly everybody in this hospital needs to be trained what these pop-ups mean, why are they important and i would probably say that everybody needs to be signed off on them as far as doing maybe like a an and a learning on online it doesn't have to be in person instruction but it has to be some sort of education around how to you know what what are these pop-ups why is it important to look at them because honestly we got lots of things coming at us and sometimes you're just like oh whatever just aware we'll monitor and you, you don't look at it but it's, they're very important. It could save someone's life, right? Because grandma Susie had this antibiotic. She could have had a full anaphylactic episode and she could have died, but that could have all been prevented so many points along the way. That's like, that's one example of the Swiss cheese model. So there can be holes, but if one hole doesn't, you know, if the physician messed up, then the pharmacist could have caught it and it could have been changed there. So that, that stops the Swiss cheese hole, right? If the pharmacist and the doctor had messed up, then the pixis could have caught it. If that still didn't work, then the nurse could have caught it. And then if that, unfortunately, it just goes to the patient and that's how it happens. But there's a lot of checks and balances along the way. And with the in- invention of technology, it's pretty amazing that we can have these checks and balances because at the end of the day, we're all human right? We all have a lot. Our attention is split. It's, you know, I mean, you look at the airlines and how they're run. The pilot, there's two pilots. They're behind closed doors. So there's no distractions. They're set. Everything is set perfectly. They have lots of procedures in place to prevent human error. And these are very rigid procedures. One day, maybe I'll compare them, but it's all for safety so that if, the pilot made a, made an error because the Swiss cheese model could be related to that as well. If a pilot made a human error, then the, you know, there's another pilot there to, to catch it. um, Or there's computer systems. So I don't really understand the full inner workings of how to be a pilot. I know how to be a nurse and how to deliver medications and things like this, but it just... That's what we're really talking about here. So we're not saying that every nurse or doctor is bad. People are human. They make mistakes, right? That physician could have just been pulled, you know, left a code, this whole chaotic mess where we're trying to save someone and and it's a lot and it's emotional and then sits down at their computer and sees all of these messages and says, oh, well, I got this culture back and it shows the UTI. So we're going to grandma Susie, some medication and meanwhile, their pager's going off. Someone's trying to get their attention, and they're just distracted. And so it's easy to not look at the allergies, even though we know we should. It sometimes it just happens. It could have been in the middle of the night. Um, you just have, you just never know what somebody's going through on that end. And so if we have the technology, and if the technology is working, then it's an, why not use it, right? People's lives are on the line. Our lives are on the line. I say this all the time we're all a patient at some point in our lives were we born in a hospital did we see a pediatrician when we were younger and you know perhaps before you pass you'll have be a patient of somewhere some sort probably um unless i mean yeah we're all going to be patients at some point so i mean that's the goal anyway So it's very important. We all have a stake in all of this. And we need to make sure that all of these things are looked at. Um, You could look at this from another lens, let's say infection, right? We're all well-versed with infection. We've, you know, just come out of COVID and they, I swear they've gone through every scenario of maybe it's contact, maybe it's airborne, maybe it's just everything. And you just need to be careful of everything in the whole entire world because it could be COVID and we can't tell you how to keep yourself safe at all. But Let's talk about infection. So when we learn about infection in school, nursing school, I learned about this when I went through my medical assistant training. You learn about this yearly on like your bloodborne pathogens training and it's the chain of infection, right? So you have you have somebody who's sick and then the sick person like you have in order for someone to get infected with anything where you have to have a sick person. And then there has to be a way for that sick person to transmit something. So this illness, we'll say COVID, the virus has to come out of this sick person somehow, right? It, it can't just only be in them and then infect other people. So it's got to come out of them somehow. Sometimes it comes out in their air, their breathing. Sometimes it comes out when they're coughing. Sometimes it can be, um, you know, droplets are In your, you know when you like sneeze or cough and there's like that little spray like your spit or whatever your snot sometimes it can be in that that's how the flu is spread um it could be in vomit it could be in feces um could be from drinking after someone um in covid it's airborne kind of all of the above it's like the perfect drug right that i mean the perfect virus It, it can just spread in all of those ways and that's why it's so dangerous and it can be caught so quickly So chain of infection, you have the infected person, you have a way for the virus to leave the body, and then you have to have a way, there has to be a receiving person, right? There has to be somebody in order for this virus to live. It has, it's like a parasite has to live in someone. So you have to have a recipient and in order for it to get in the recipient, it has to have a way in. So it could be through the nose, through the eyes, through the mouth, it could be, um, in the sense of like uh, bloodborne pathogens, like hepatitis, um, HIV, AIDS, all of that It has to have maybe like a cut in the skin or something. There has to be some way there, there has to be some way for this virus to get in the body for it to survive and then to infect the person. And so that's part, another part of the chain of command, uh, the chain of infection. You have a person infected, you have a way for it to leave their body. You have a way for it to enter the new person's body and then within that you also have to have a, an immune system that doesn't understand the virus, who can't fight it. And if it's, you know, if they don't have immunity, then the virus is just home free, kind of like the I don't know if you've ever seen the Mucinex commercials where the the Mucinex guy comes in and he kind of looks around and he's like, "Sweet, home." And then he puts up his couch and his lamp and puts his feet up and he's doing great and then the person takes The mucinex and then all of a sudden next thing he knows he's being coughed up and spewed out across the room well that's kind of like imagine that is what your immune system does so it would see the virus inside of the body and it would be like oh this is like we don't want this here and it will you know it'll sort of eat it up and destroy it so that it can't spread but if there's no defenses within the body so now we've got this virus it's left the person it's been able it's traveled it's made it to another person it's made it inside that person's body there's nothing stopping it from growing and and multiplying and infecting the person so now it grows and multiplies the person's sick and then that person then is just another vector and then is another person it's going to go spread it to another person another person so as you can see there's a lot and it depends every different infection is different But there's a lot of different things you could do. You could disrupt that chain in any one place. You could, you know, have the person, if it, say it's the flu, you could have the person cover their cough and sneeze so that when they sneeze and that snot, you know, sometimes you can have a really good one and it'll just go like three feet, all that snot and spit. And if you could stop that, well, you might stop the infection from spreading. If you wash your hands, you don't have the infection on your hands and you won't be able to you know shake the next person's hand or touch the next table surface and leave have the virus be able to leave your body that way Um, other things you can do is you could do it on the other person's end to stop the infection you could have them wear a mask goggles i mean mask and face shield that's what we've always done for the flu long before covid anytime we're in the hospital and we're treating a patient with the flu we wear a gown we wear face mask and we would wear a face shield so that the flu can't get inside our on our surfaces and on, in our mouth nose eyes and if we had somebody with like tuberculosis which is airborne which is how covid spread we would wear respirators respirator so that small particles can't we can't breathe it in cuz that's how it spreads and so there's different things you could do if it's like hiv you could wear a glove that's why you see nurses wear gloves when they draw your blood or start an iv it's not any, they're not sterile gloves, they're gloves to protect the nurse from any of your bloodborne pathogens making that nurse sick because you never know, could have like a small cut on our hand and you don't know it and we spill a little bit of blood, we get it on our fingers and now we're infected, right? Um, Or I've had an exposure where a bloody urine from a urologic procedure in the OR sprayed across the room and i wasn't even a part of the procedure i was just dropping off a new catheter and putting it on the table like i don't know 50 feet away from the patient and this one little drop of bloody urine traveled across the room i saw it like it was in slow motion and it went right into my eyeball so i had to go and handle that situation and go through an exposure luckily every i'm fine everything is fine but you know, I could have been wearing if I was part of the procedure and I knew it was like a mess and spraying everywhere, I would have been wearing goggles and that would have protected me. So that would have been a way to plug up the Swiss cheese at that point. So I hope this is making sense. Please let me know if it doesn't. I have a link, the article it's to the um, National Institute of Health. They have really good diagrams of how The Swiss cheese lines up, but, you know, it's something that we're really taught in healthcare, and it's what is kind of unnerving when you see that somebody's been hurt, because then when you start digging in and you're looking back and you're like, oh, well, okay, so there was this patient received an antibiotic and they were um, and they're allergic to it. How did that happen? So then you say, oh, the nurse gave it to them, even though they're allergic to it. Well, you can't stop there. You have to say. Well why how did who how did the nurse get the order in the first place to give this drug if the patient's allergic to it? So then you back it up and you say, "Oh, the pharmacist reviewed this and said told and the nurse took it that it was prescribed by the doctor, it was reviewed by the pharmacist and it, she received the order and she gave it assuming it was safe." I mean, there's still a lot wrong with that as well without asking questions, but still, you still have to look and say So how did that happen? Like, how did the pharmacist, how did it get past the pharmacist? It should have been stopped at the pharmacist. So then you would look into all those areas and then you would go back further and say, well, how did it get, how could we stop it from the physician end? And just kind of go through all of that. And then if you had addressed all of those system failures, you could prevent another patient from having another drug that they were allergic to and having a potentially fatal reaction. I mean, as we sit here right now, it makes complete sense to do that. However, it doesn't always get done. Um, And that's one thing that really was bothering me. I've reviewed a handful, um, just a few, you know, nursing cases, and I'm never in it to say that a nurse has done something wrong or that's not ever what I look for. I look for face value, what happened. And then you go back and review and say, well, if I was wrong, what would have to be true? And then in that you plug in, that's where you're looking at all of these things. Well, then you're like, well, what about, what about the alert? You know, did the nurse bypass the alert? And the computer system should show that the nurse bypassed the alert. And then you see that maybe there wasn't an alert and you can say, well, Hey, the hospital didn't have an alert to alert the nurse you, you know you want to let someone know that because they could that's something so easy right they can't give the medication without without going past that alert and they have to give a reason why and in that moment it kind of disrupts the normal human pattern to just keep going and do things on like autopilot and it, it disrupts that pattern. So then the nurse is like, Oh, what, what is this? What is this allergic to it? And then they would prompt the nurse or the doctor or the pharmacist to look at the allergy list and be like, Oh wow, this patient had it and had a full, you know, they couldn't breathe. They were almost intubated. It was a really serious reaction. Well, let's, let's hold the phone here. Let's, let's figure something else out. And it's such an easy fix. And I feel like in uh, most errors, um, not all, I've certainly covered some on here that um, not all errors can be fixed with these things, but simple, genuine human errors are a result of multiple different aspects. The Swiss cheese, there were multiple holes and the holes lined up perfectly. It's all by chance right? Any, any scenario could have happened. They probably have, you know, if they had the pop-ups, probably several doctors, even that doctor probably several times had made decisions based on those pop-ups, but for whatever reason on that one day, they just ignored it. And then the pharmacist was just having a bad day, was busy, overrun, maybe somebody didn't show up and they overrode it. And then the nurse, maybe she was busy and it, and she had a lot going on in an emergency and a really, you know, you just never know. And she just, she just missed it. Um, it has to be the right situation and all the, like I said, all the the holes have to line up, but I really hope that that helps you understand what this whole premise of, you know, looking at healthcare in a in a way where there's multiple different systems, there's multiple different things, there's multiple different people at play, and there's so many things that can happen, and so many systems, and the use of technology, and a ton of things that we can do to keep it keep healthcare safer. And next week, I'm going to review a case where there there are going to be a lot of holes in the Swiss cheese, and there's going to be a lot of things that could have been done that weren't, there's going to be a lot of holes in the Swiss cheese that the hospital was aware of, but did nothing about. And on that particular day, all of the holes lined up. And unfortunately it was lethal to the patient on the other end. But the question becomes if, if it's a matter of multiple different holes in the Swiss cheese that lined up, who's at fault? Who do we blame? Who's Who's the criminal, right? Who caused the death? Was it the doctor who prescribed the wrong medication and ignored the fact that it was an allergy? Was it the pharmacist who ignored the allergy and still dispensed the medication anyway? Was it the nurse who administered the medication that ultimately killed the patient? Or was it the tech company maybe that, you know, allowed maybe the the pop-ups weren't showing up that day so they nobody knew it was broken? Um, was it the hospital? Maybe they knew it was broken and the hospital never fixed it and they were just kind of living with this the way it was. Was the Pixis broken and the hospital knew about it and nobody fixed it? I mean, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked and healthcare isn't going to be as safe as it can be until everybody's consistently asking these questions and When we are, we're listened to. I mean, I've asked these questions millions of times and um, it hasn't always been well-received. And that's why nurses come to me and I do the tales from the trenches because they can't even speak out about their concerns because our concerns aren't well-received. We're just, as far as healthcare goes, it's always gonna be the nurse's fault in in the situation because the nurse gave the medication and the nurse is, is the last defense and the nurse should be checking all of these things. Even the board of nursing would say that it's the nurse. She should have checked. And, But is it is it really the nurse's fault? Are we going to get anywhere? Are we going to get any safer? Because none of those other holes were fixed if we just blame one person. What if we didn't blame anybody? What if we fix the holes, right? Or maybe we have to Except that there was an error and there was a mistake and maybe we settle this case, but we fix the holes so that we don't have another case. Because yeah, fixing the holes might cost more than a settlement for another couple of cases because it's all by chance. But how much money are you really putting on someone's life, right? Is it worth it? What if, what if your mom or your child was the one, the next person that in that hospital, all of those Swiss cheese holes was going to line up? what if it was your child? What if it was your loved one? Is that worth it? Is it worth it? Because you could, the hospital could just settle, right? Is it worth it though? That's what I want to know. And I'm going to leave you with that. I hope you found some value in this. Uh, Sorry, nurses. Probably if you're a newer nurse, welcome to the um, refresher. And um, if you're a seasoned nurse, you're probably bored out of your mind, but thank you for listening anyway if you found value or if you have anybody in nursing school or you just want to get this word out there and um, feel free to share this episode. And if you could leave me a review, um, accepting five stars, of course, and just let me know how you're liking the show so far. And it really helps me tailor these cases and the episodes that I'm doing around you. And um, until next time,